Welcome to the Crowdfunding Podcast. The podcast for entrepreneurs, bootstrappers, visionaries, and change makers. Learn about crowdfunding tips, tricks, methods, success stories, missions, and more. Brought to you from Rotterdam, the Netherlands, and hosted by Lynn Vanderhoff, Tristan DeFelda, Radu Makofi, and Perry Krautoff. And sponsored by the Erasmus Center for Entrepreneurship. Welcome to episode 3 of the Crowdfunding Podcast. In this episode, we will talk about networking and personal branding for crowdfunding with our guest speaker of the day, Maria Francesca Burger. Maria is very passionate about finance, entrepreneurship, personal branding and self-development. She did a bachelor's at the University of Zurich in Economics and Languages and is currently doing an honors double degree bachelor's in Economics and Philosophy at the Erasmus University in Rotterdam. She has a great affinity for languages and a deep passion for social, economic and environmental issues. Lastly, she is a trainer for the Networking Masterclass of Lifeversity, a platform that offers training to mainly students in all sorts of soft skills. Hey Maria, amazing that you could be here with us today. Could you give us a brief introduction about yourself? Yes, of course. So yeah, my name is Maria Francesca Burga. I'm half German, half Romanian. Uh, I grew up in the Netherlands though, and I'm studying now uh, economics and philosophy at the Erasmus University in Rotterdam. So yeah. Sounds good, sounds good. And uh, you're also a co-founder of a startup named Can Rotterdam. Am yes. I pronouncing it right? Yeah, it's Can right. Great. What is what is your un- experience with entrepreneurship in general? Um, let me think. So I would I wouldn't say that I'm an entrepreneur. I would I would rather say I'm an entrepreneur. Like be- still having some something to do with entrepreneurs and a lot uh, with uh, I don't know. I'm doing a lot of extracurriculars and I founded a student organization, but nevertheless I'm not really having a startup at the moment. Um, so yeah, and uh, I would also say I worked a lot in startups and that's my connection to entrepreneurship. Yep. All right, great. And moreover, you are a member of investment society BNR Burrs and you do have a strong interest in finance. Mm-hmm. Where does this, this passion come from? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, so for the record, I do have to say I'm not anymore an invest- uh, a member of the investment society. Um, but I was, and I uh, wish I would have stayed there actually also longer, to be honest. Um, the passion for that comes probably from the fact that I never had something to do with it. Um, and also my parents, how they raised me up was, yeah, you just, you know, you work, you have your salary and that's your only income. Um, but at university, I realized, hey, there is this thing of investing and I've always heard about it. And there I got the chance to, uh, yeah, just look into investments and uh, realize that having just your salary is not the only way how to like build up some incomes and just putting your money that you would have put into the bank into some assets that can generate you money was a very surprising fact and that's why uh, I was very interested in that and Mm -hmm. still am yeah oh great great and then to conclude a bit about you Mm -hmm. uh, you have quite the affinity for languages right Yes. How many, how many languages do you actually speak? Oh gosh, um, let me think. Yes, <laughs> so I'm fluent in German, in, Ro- in Romanian, in English, in Dutch, 
and almost fluent or so, depends a bit yeah also in French uh, I do need a bit of practice in French because French is the only language that I sort of only learned in school while the others were connected to family or my environment um, after that so these are the languages that I really speak on a at least B2 level so that is almost fluent and it's enough to also do university in these languages um, next to that, I really love Spanish. And with Romanian and French, it was easy to learn Spanish. I um, just went abroad to Switzerland and enrolled in some language courses. And there I had Arabic and Chinese that I started. And just out of fun, I started also with Russian. And uh, yeah, but with Arabic, okay. Chinese, Russian, I'm just a beginner. I can read though in Arabic and uh, Russian, but I don't know what I'm reading. Um, but yeah, I really love languages. I also love Italian. I like Hebrew also a lot, like music. Okay. So yeah, I just love languages. That's, that's pretty impressive, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're not someone with necessarily a lot of experience within the domain of crowdfunding, but mm -hmm. we wanted someone with entrepreneurial and financial skills today to give a rather objective yep. and unbiased perspective upon all relevant aspects of crowdfunding, really. Mm -hmm. So. Crowdfunding is closely closely related to entrepreneurship, finance, uh, bootstrapping, mm -hmm. amongst others, and especially networking and branding, which we can say you're pretty advanced in. Mm -hmm. uh, Thank you. It plays an important part in, in crowdfunding campaigns. Yes. So the last question before we go more in depth on the topics we want to discuss with you today. Mm -hmm. Have you ever backed a crowdfunding campaign yourself? And if not, would you be open to do so in the future? So yes, I've never backed a crowdfunding uh, campaign myself, but uh, yeah, I am more than interested into it. And I think if I need it, then I would definitely do it. Um, so yeah. All right, that's really great to hear. Then uh, we'll continue on to the crowdfunding part. Mm -hmm. We want to just go through the topic with you fairly quickly. Uh, what is your take on crowdfunding in general? And do you think it is a useful tool in the world of entrepreneurship? Uh, yeah, so in general, definitely is a really good tool to get to funding. Um, you're not diluting any own ownership. And um, yeah, I think anyways, you need to do the marketing to get to your audience. And you with crowdfunding, you do that. And with that also increase your audience. So yeah, in general, it's a good tool. Yeah. And would you say, um, uh, what, what would you say that there are some key advantages or disadvantages uh, when using crowdfunding as opposed to more traditional ways of funding, such as um, uh, angel investors or uh, mm -hmm. bank loans? Yeah, I mean, um, first of all, to the advantages, as I said, you're not diluting your ownership, so you're not giving away your equity. You really are in full control of your projects. Uh, you don't have any annoying person standing around just because they bought into it, you know. Um, also, you are not running into debt, which you would do if you get some loans from the bank. Uh, so yeah, these are some advantages, but I think disadvantages uh, definitely is it takes some more time. Um, if I'm not mistaken, average yeah. crowdfunding campaign takes like 90 days. And um, I mean, if you also don't have big accounts on social media, you would need time to build them up and maybe that even costs you money. So um, yeah, these are some disadvantages that you should definitely consider if you want to run a campaign. Yeah. Okay, and through some uh, of the research we did, uh, we found that a large part of people's motivation to uh, back such crowdfunding projects uh, is to support the small businesses and the starting entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you think this causes um, a disadvantage to larger organizations when they uh, are trying to run a crowdfunding campaign? 
I mean, I first, when I heard now the question, I first thought, okay, wait, large companies, they actually have all the advantages in the world, you know, they have already the accounts, they have the audience, um, and they probably also know way better how to sell their ideas because they have more experience, they have uh, more resources of people who know how to write, I don't know, persuasive texts. And um, so I was first thinking, okay, they have actually a lot of advent ad adv advantages. <laughs> But um, yeah, thinking more about it, yeah, I think if a big company would do that, that's a bit suspicious. So people will be like, okay, There's, I don't know, Coca-Cola and they're asking for money from us, the people, but they have the money. Uh, so I think indeed it's not that satisfying for people to support these sort of companies because yeah, they have already the capital and they like to support more smaller, especially local companies and uh, help them grow. So that's maybe a disadvantage uh, for the bigger companies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with regards to your own startup, the Ken Rotterdam, Uh, how did you guys handle the, the early stage funding? Yeah, so as I said, I never ran uh, a crowdfunding campaign. So with that, uh, we didn't do it. Uh, we funded, where did we get our funds? Let me think. We got the money really from the members. So every one of us paid money into it. Also myself, I invested in it. Uh, if I will ever see that money back, I doubt it, but <laughs> that's how it is in the beginning. And I think now, uh, yeah, no, actually we did get some funds from the university uh, because some smaller organizations are supported by the university. And I think there are also some other organizations within Rotterdam that support smaller uh, yeah, startups, organizations at universities. So yeah. yeah, that's the stand on it. Okay. And, uh Now on to the, the next topic. Uh, we want to talk about networking. Mm -hmm. And I pass back the mic to my co-host. All right, so we're moving on to the topic of networking now. Mm -hmm. So Maria, you're the coach for a networking masterclass at Lifeversity. How powerful of a tool would you say is networking for entrepreneurs in general? Well, in general, I would definitely say it's a very good soft skill to have. So you need to manage people anyways. And uh, just attending some networking opportunities, you know, networking events uh, is a good practice to yeah, meet new people, pitch yourself to new people, but also uh, be curious what they are doing. So uh, a good soft skill to have. And also if you have or you're building your personal brand, um, it's easy for people to just find you on the Internet and to know stuff about you. So, yeah, that's about it for general. Yeah, absolutely. And many papers have studied network effects in crowdfunding platforms, which appear to be critical to the success of a campaign. So what do you think is the uh, importance of network effects for businesses? So how can startups really benefit from network mm -hmm. effects? Yeah, I mean, for smaller businesses, um, the first thing that just came to my mind was de uh, finding people. So if you have a problem in your st uh, startup, If you need expertise, let's say you have to uh, write a legal contract, well, if you can network your way around and find an attorney, maybe within already your network, um, that solves your problem, right? You find the people who can fix your stuff. Um, of course, in exchange for something, but it's easy to, and quickly, if you ha already have them in your network, if you know them also personally, you know if you can work with them. Uh, then, of course, for smaller businesses, investors are always uh, good to have in your network. Um, so people that believe in your ideas and your mission and that have a similar mindset and uh, ideas. 
And then in general, smaller businesses want to reach their audience and just really want to be personal with the audience. And if they uh, yeah, have a lot of their audience in their network, they can maybe also understand uh, what is important to their audience. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of uh, benefits to smaller businesses if they network well and create a personal brand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So crowdfunding can uh, crowdfunding platforms, my bad. Like for example, Indiegogo rely on open networks matching founders and on the other hand, funders on crowdfunding platforms. Mm -hmm. What tips would you have for founders trying to attract funders through the means of networking? Yes, so um, let me think. So the first thing that came to my mind was if you're looking for funding, you're probably targeting or you're looking for specific people and these are your targets and really keep your eyes open for these targets. Look into your own network. Um, maybe think of people who could know investors. Um, you will be surprised if you really do research into your network, how many people actually are maybe connected to investors or to people who uh, could somehow support you. Um, and then also just post about it. So if you have a problem, you will be surprised if you just make a post. You never know who sees it. Uh, you never know who's reassuring it. Usually you will find someone who can help you if you post on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook. If you use all the social media channels, you will be surprised. Um, an example that I can give you was um, that has to do with the Ukrainian war. Um, I have... He's not even a friend, but he just reached out to me because he saw I have a network and he asked me if I could pitch his mother because his mother is uh, now on her way to the Netherlands, but she doesn't have a job. She lost her job. And he was asking if I could just pitch her um, and find maybe for her through a post uh, a job for her. And I just thought, yeah, why not? You know, I have like 1,300 connections on LinkedIn. I would just do a post and maybe 10 people or see it, like it, and whatever. But I was so surprised how many people reshared the post. Like it was reshared 20 times and there were like 55,000 of people who saw the posts. And you know, you never know which posts are going maybe a bit viral, or at least for me, that was one of my best performing posts ever. So you never know, just post about your problem and you will be surprised. Maybe it solves everything, maybe not, but you can't lose if you post about it. Yeah, no, really powerful example indeed. Yeah. And yeah, so if you're trying to make an impact, it, it, it can really go viral quickly, actually. Yeah. Nice, nice. Thank you for your useful tips. Now onto another subject, which is very closely related to crowdfunding as well, uh, branding. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just talked about networking. How do you think that networking plays a role in developing uh, a strong company brand? Yes, of course. So. Uh, with networking, you usually expand, well, your network, right? And mm -hmm. if I, for example, network with a person at an event and we connect, for example, on LinkedIn, uh, then I've expanded my network, but with that also I've expanded my audience because this person sees what I'm posting, you know? So uh, expanding your network means expanding your audience. That is one point. Uh, as said also before, you will never know if a person reshares your post, you know, and with that also gives you an indirect shootout because, yeah, <laughs> you know, so uh, you never know uh, if people are maybe resharing your posts. Um, and then if you really want to, um, yeah, create a strong brand, maybe you ask also f people for your four shootouts. Um, yeah, some shootouts also paid. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, these are just some ideas uh, on how networking affects your branding. And for creating uh, such a strong brand, uh, brand ambassadors are a very strong asset for a company. Mm -hmm. Do you think they could be useful in promoting a crowdfunding campaign as well, considering they are the best representatives of the brand? Yes, definitely. Nothing more to add here. Okay, that <laughs> is uh, fine. Uh, we also found out that uh, founding backers, uh, in other words, initial sponsors of a crowdfunding campaign, can become brand ambassadors for the long term, mm -hmm. uh, and then they will be more interested and loyal to you than customers acquired through conventional marketing. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this could help a company develop a more sustainable business model uh, through these loyal customers and early adopters? Um, yeah, definitely, I would say that, especially if founding backers also uh, support you with marketing with uh yeah on on the marketing sites i think uh if they share the same views and values as you do and if they post about you and are active there they can definitely also add to your branding and um yeah definitely to the help of word of mouth and uh, stuff like yeah that. exactly yeah okay thank you uh and then now we're going uh, to the next part uh public relations so moving on to public relations now how important would you say PR and media coverage mm -hmm. is for running a successful crowdfunding campaign? Yeah, it's definitely important to just answer with one sentence or one quote actually that I like. Uh, it's not that important who you know, but who knows you, right? No, for sure. That's absolutely true. I mean, you, you gotta have people hearing about you, otherwise it won't work. Yeah. So yeah, um, being featured in the media obviously increases a campaign's chances to get towards its funding goal. Mm -hmm. How would you go about a PR strategy, so hence trying to get featured by the media? Yes, so um, getting the media's attention. Like if I would do, like if I'm talking just about me, if I would start uh, really getting the media's attention, I would look into my network because I do know students that write articles, for example, for... Um, some newspapers or I know students that really write uh, articles that are featured on the university's website. So I would approach these students. I have them in my network for sure. I know them also personally. Um, and yeah, I would just approach them and be like, hey, can you write about me? I mean, for them, you know, you are helping them finding an interesting topic or you hope it's interesting to them. And for you, you just found your publisher. So as said, start with your own network. If you run out of connections, um, then yeah, you can start reaching out to people that you know they have connections to some journalists or some people who publish. And if you run out of these connections, you can start contacting journalists. Um, and these are then people that you don't know, maybe. Um, another thought was also if you are already very active on, let's say, for example, Medium, you can also just publish uh, your stuff there. And in general, of course, publish on social media. Um, but if you don't, then that's how you would approach, um, yeah, how you would approach the media if you already have the connections. Yeah, absolutely. So you'd say you really start with, with bootstrapping uh, your strategy. Exactly. Yeah, true. All right. Very, very good to hear. Thank you. Okay. So having uh, previously talked about company branding, um, we think personal branding is also very important in the world of crowdfunding. Because for a campaign to be successful, uh, entrepreneurs must appear credible and trustworthy. Mm -hmm. uh, how could personal branding contribute to an ent uh, entrepreneur's trustworthiness, in your opinion? Yes, of course. I mean, um, if 
an entrepreneur has their own personal branding, you know, um, maybe they show themselves from different angles on their social media platforms and um, they can show personal stuff like setbacks and how they dealt with these setbacks, uh, how they made it to success here and there. Uh, you know, for me, when I find a new person that's interesting, you know, on social media, I love to just scroll through their feed and see where they started off. I mean, people love ra rags to riches uh, stories, you know, and if you see, oh, they started off as a student with no money. Oh, that's so me. And then they became whatever, you know, they, you see the growth and the development of that persona. And um, yeah, it just connects with your audience because maybe at one point you were just like your audience. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, something that creates a personal touch to it. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. And would you say that entrepreneurs uh, ought to rely more on their personal branding uh, with crowdfunding campaigns than with other more conventional ways of funding? Uh, yes, definitely. So personal branding is indeed more important for crowdfunding uh, yeah, campaigns than if you're getting your funding from a bank because your bank just checks your credit scores, checks if you're criminal, if you, I don't know, laundered some illegal money, whatever. Um, maybe venture capitals, they might be looking into it because having a personal brand is an asset that you can use. Um, but next to that, they take other factors into account, like how how many people are already in your startup, uh, how well you performed, etc. So for venture capitals, that's not that important. But for crowdfunding, you're really talking to the people and everything the people see is on your social medias, which resembles then your personal brand. So yeah, definitely a very huge component in crowdfunding. Okay, so you would say that uh, crowdfunders uh, use uh, the emotional aspect a bit to attract um, I would say they do more than with the others. Like your bank won't be that, I don't know, overwhelmed if you made a rate to riches story. They are just like looking into your credit score as said. Um, but yeah, if you want to connect with the people, you should have a personal brand. Because if I see a startup and I only see the startup, but not the people inside them, I'm maybe not that interested in them. No. Okay, definitely, yeah. Thank you for being here with us today, Maria. Really appreciate it. And thank you for all the valuable information that you were able to give to our audience. And uh, hopefully until the next time. Thank you for listening to the Crowdfunding Podcast by Lynn Vanderhoff, Tristan DeFelda, Radu Makafai, and Perry Krautoff. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave us a comment. And if you learned something, share it with others on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. For more episodes, check our YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. Until next time at the Crowdfunding Podcast.